Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Yon McCool, Cullen, Deirdre of the Sorrows, Grawn, New Whale. From giants right down to fairies, of both the trooping and solitary, and those who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, the Merrow Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore and mythology, retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan. I am your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 101, episode 101 of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast, we're going to be telling a story about a king of Wicklow named King O'Toole and his beloved pet goose. But first, I want to give a huge welcome along to any new and returning listeners. You're all very, very welcome. Thank you so much for your recent or indeed continued support. Please do follow me on Instagram at Fireside Bar. It's the best place to get in touch if you want to say hello, if you have any thoughts or comments for the podcast. If you're not on social media, why don't you get me at firesidebard at gmail.com. And if you really want to support the podcast, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash fireside podcast, where you can join our ever-growing list of very kind and loyal benefactors. Uh, no new ones for this week, so I want to give another thank you to the three latest patrons from the last couple of weeks, which is John McDermott, Kian O'Mahony, and Ian Skinner. Thank you so much to each and every one of you. I am coming to you from my remote studio last week on the 100th episode. I never actually mentioned the fact that we weren't in the Headstuff Podcast Network studios as we haven't been able to be for the last few weeks because of the second lockdown in Ireland. And it was a great shame to not be able to be in the birthplace and in the the home of Fireside for the 100th episode. I mean, if this was normal times, we would have been doing a live show for the 100th episode. But you know what? In the end, I was actually very happy with the 100th episode because I had all my musical instruments here and I had all my resources and sources to hand, you know, and I'm very happy with how my new, my most recent recording equipment is and how I'm growing as an editor now as well as a writer and storyteller. So do you know what? It actually wasn't the worst thing in the world and I hope you all feel that as well. I'll be recording this episode just the day before this 100th episode comes out so I won't have heard of any of your feedback from it yet but I do hope you all enjoy, enjoy it. Uh, it was an immense amount of work. To, uh, I really wanted to put a lot into the 100th episode for all of you so I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did recording and editing it but that being said today we are moving on now it's just we are just in the wide open pastures of 100 plus episodes aren't we it feels like the pressure is off now until episode 200 but it also feels like a new beginning like a new path for Fireside, a new 
direction, a fresh start for what we can do with the podcast. And I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. I feel very refreshed and rejuvenated and I've never been more excited for doing the podcast, which is really good. It's a really good feeling to have two years in. And so for the folktale this week, as we want to get back to our, our usual rhythm of the myth, um, the myths on the even numbers and the folktales and the odd numbers, because folktales are that little bit odd, aren't they? And that's now what I'm going to say is the reason why the odd numbers are folktales, like that's been the way the whole time. But this is a folktale that I had touched on briefly in a, in a live show of Fireside last year where I developed this piece about the Saint, Saint Kevin, my namesake, because he is the patron saint of Wicklow and I'm very interested in Saint Kevin because he seems to operate this weird line where I try and stay away from a lot of Christian or Catholic doctrine, which because that controls so much of our perception of Irish myth. But St. Kevin seems to operate on this kind of nether region where he is kind of this pagan, almost Disney princess, I say, kind of figure, which I find fascinating that he has been adopted as a Catholic saint and a very dominant one as well. But he crops up in a huge amount of folktales, more than any other saint I've found, possibly because I, in a batter mine off phenomenon kind of way, I would always spot stories featuring St. Kevin. But nonetheless, I've been thus drawn to them. And this was more an element in a story I'd found before, because obviously on the podcast, we have previously done the story of St. Kevin, bedding St. Kevin, where we talked about... Uh, this girl falling in love with St. Kevin and his various efforts to rebuke her, this kind of reverse Disney princess kind of story, which I really love. But this is another one that cropped up, and I found a full version of it in W.B. Yeats's Fairy and Folktales book, back in our original source, uh, aptly titled King O'Toole's Goose. But so I wanted to do it, and episode 101 just felt like the right one to do as a little treat for you all a nice simple tale to get back because we've had a lot of uh, a lot of dense history and myth recently and this is quite a nice tale so we'll chat a bit more about it of course i hope that you can't hear the blustering gale outside it's a really cold wet and miserable day here in wicklow so it feels like a good day to be inside by a virtual fireside so i hope you feel the same when you are listening to this, but this is King O'Toole's Goose on Fireside. King O'Toole's Goose There was once a petty king in County Wicklow, one of some three hundred odd chieftains around the island of Era. His name was King O'Toole. The name O'Toole, coming from the Irish O'Toole, from Tua, meaning people, and Gal, meaning mighty, so the name itself means son of the mighty people, this is a name that was made famous by the patron saint of Dublin, Lawrence O'Toole, whose heart was kept in Christchurch Cathedral, and whose name features in one of the opening passages of the impenetrable Joycean work Finnegan's Wake, with Lawrence O'Toolers clitterin' up and tumbles of buckets clatterin' down. Another O'Toole was famous for playing a different Lawrence, 
T.E. Lawrence, or Lawrence of Arabia, played by the Irish actor and hellraiser Peter O'Toole, who once bought a bar in Dublin because they wouldn't serve him a pint. Well, King O'Toole predates all of these men, and a great O'Toole he was too. His kingdom was two lakes divided by a glen, and King O'Toole wouldn't have given up his glen to trade places with Brian Boru himself. For King O'Toole loved the hunt. Through the hills and the brush of the glen, deep into the dark depths of the lower and higher lakes. He hunted from rise to fall, each day, each year, for his entire life. But like all men, eventually age gripped King O'Toole, and he was not the hunter he once was. But rather than give up the chase, King O'Toole adopted a pet to hunt for him. Perhaps you're thinking he adopted a wolf, a dog, or even a cat, all more than adept hunters themselves, but oh no. Well, you've probably guessed from the title of this story, but King O'Toole adopted a pet goose. A goose! For hunting! You may laugh, but King O'Toole did not. And to be fair, have you ever met a goose? Have you ever looked a goose right in the eye? I'd hate to get a scalp off a goose. They'd rough you up. Teeth hiss and all. The royal goose more than proved her worth waddling on land. But she was, of course, most adept by lake. Every day she would paddle out into the deep waters of the lower lake and catch a trout for King O'Toole. Each day, for years, better fish than King O'Toole could ever have caught for himself with a net or a rod. Fish to carry in two hands. Fish you'd feel the weight of. In his old age, the goose gave the king a new sense of fulfilment. He had never married or had children, so this goose was, for him, more than anything else, a companion. And the king would tell you himself, he loved that goose. Do you know how long geese live for? I didn't. I do now. Geese can live for over 20 years. On average twice the length of a poor old duck. And now you know. King O'Toole was old when he got his goose. And was still going when the goose had become old and decrepit like her master. She could no longer hunt for trout. Her honk was hoarse, her waddle slower. The king couldn't take it. The mortality of his beloved pet goose shook him more than even his own. He had had time to come to terms with his own ageing process. But he did not think his heart could take watching his beloved goose die. The king went to the shores of the upper lake and considered throwing himself in and ending it all. As he began to wade in, the king was approached by a young man, handsome, modestly dressed, and with a calm across his face that belied his ears. "'Are you okay, stranger?' said the young man. "'Do you not know me?' said the king, genuinely surprised. "'I'm afraid not, but I'd like to know ye if you'd tell me your name. "'I'm King O'Toole, king of this land.' he said, trying to recover the pomp and grandeur of his youth. The youth did not bow, or even react in any way, beyond the slightest acknowledgement. 
Apologies, King O'Toole. I'm new enough in the area, and I tend to keep myself to myself. How was your goose? She... The king had to stop himself. How is it that you know my goose, but not me? Oh, never mind all that, said the mysterious man. How is she? She is ill, old, and not long for this world. I don't know what I shall do without her. The king then began to cry. He recovered himself, and his anger grew. Just who are you, and what do you do? I make old things new again. So you're a tinker, or some kind of smith? Not quite, said the man. I give the old youth again, and I believe I can heal your goose. The king began to well up again. He would have broken down on his knees had he not remembered his position. How will you do such a thing? And how could I ever thank you? Don't thank me just yet. I'm not in the business of charity. How much? Keep your gold. My request is simpler. If I heal your goose, will you bequeath unto me ownership of all the lands that she flies over on her first flight? The king ran over this request in his head, mouthing along, scanning for treachery. She is heavy even at the best of times, but I don't see why not. Do I have your word? Yes, yes. Very well. Summon your goose. But King O'Toole did not need to summon his goose, for the old bird slowly came waddling towards the shore of the lake where the two men stood. Her flippers dragged, her waddle wide. She began to stretch her wings, but she thought the better of it. She was also molting, and was leaving a trail of feathers like she had been attacked by a fox. The stranger approached. With both hands he grasped the goose at either side. The king was surprised she did not hiss and attack the man, but the goose seemed at peace. Then the mysterious man raised the heavy bird high over his head, and like a sideline throw-in launched the bird high into the sky. With a gentle blow at her tail feathers, King O'Toole's goose flew high, light as a molted feather. She cut the air like a hawk, caught the wind like a swallow, and dove like a kingfisher. This was a new bird. She flew across the lake, over the glen, around the lower lake, and back again, all over the king's land. When the goose landed once more from her flight, King O'Toole went to his beloved pet and stroked her neck. He then turned to the stranger. I want to thank you, but I must know who are you. Will you keep your word? the youth asked. The goose flew over my last tract of land. The glen between these two lakes is my favourite. But I could not love land as much as I love this goose. The land is yours. Thank you. My name is Kevin. I have been living in a cave on your land for some time. But now I feel this place is destined for more. I want to build a church, a tower, a community. And Kevin built his church at the foot of the lower lake. And this area was named for what it was, the glen between two lakes.
Glendalock. And Kevin of Glendalock would become Saint Kevin, patron saint of Wicklow. And King O'Toole lived out the remainder of his days on land he gave up for the love of a goose. The End Folks, as you all know, Fireside is a proud son of the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is Ireland's largest network of independent podcasts and a loving home for the creative and indeed the curious. There are so many other podcasts I could recommend to you on the network, some of which inspired me to approach Headstuff myself. Here's a taste of one you might enjoy. The World According to Wikipedia is a podcast that pops the hood of Wikipedia and invites you to take a look inside. Each episode we will talk to someone from the Wikimedia community on topics like why are only 18% of biographies about women? Can editing Wikipedia be a protest or activism? And what is it like for the communities working on the 200 plus Wikipedias that are not in English? Subscribe on your podcatcher of choice and follow us on Twitter at world underscore Wikipedia. And that was the lovely, gorgeous little tale of King O'Toole's goose on Fireside. And I hope you enjoyed it. Yes, it's not really a tale you could see coming out of the Bible, is it? It's much more like an offshoot of a grim fairy tale. That's what I like so much about the stories about St. Kevin is they always feature animals because he is this Dr. Doolittle kind of figure, this Snow White, you know, talking to all of the woodland creatures. And let's start out the gate with the fact that it's a goose. I can't put into words how much I love that it's a goose. I love when there is a an almost unnecessarily absurd and silly twist to any story it's not even a twist just element to the story it raises our two questions why is it a goose although that question kind of answers itself because if you have ever met a goose if you have seen one and looked at its its awful teeth and hiss you'd stay the hell away from it we have this misconception like ducks which are also vicious vicious lads as well that they are cute and cuddly because they're not, you know, eagles or hawks. But so, you know, if you were put to it, I I would absolutely sign up for having a goose to go hunting for me. <clears throat> Beg your pardon. And we also, so yeah, we have this element of why is he... So there is no explanation in the story per se about why... It is a goose. Or even if there are... I had no reason to believe that there ever weren't geese in Ireland. But there seems to be... It's the only time I've encountered a goose in a story like this. In myth or folklore. Which, you know, might maybe is noteworthy. Also this fact that it is King O'Toole. I enjoyed getting to explore this name. And to, to talk about the etymology of this. Just to get a touch on Finnegan's Wake. Which I always love bringing up. And to bring up Peter O'Toole. And it gave me an opportunity to do a very rushed, hampered and shoddy Peter O'Toole impression for King O'Toole. Which I couldn't resist myself for. Because Peter O'Toole is one of my favourite actors of all time. I've probably spoken about before. But if you... 
if you go onto YouTube, there are a numerous there are numerous videos, video compilations that people have put together of Richard Harris and Peter O'Toole telling drinking stories. These have long been my favorite thing on the medium of YouTube for various reasons. They're I think there's very little you can't learn about storytelling from how those two actors told tales of their own lives, nearly always involving drink. But there is one one of those videos that it's a story Peter O'Toole talks about that I mentioned briefly at the beginning of this story, where himself and the actor Peter Finch, who was uh, he was the news reporter from from network uh, that's what he won his his oscar for that they were out in dublin one night and they went to this small hole in the wall bar actually do you know what i won't spoil the story for for you but look up if you don't know it peter o'toole peter o'toole on youtube and i think the video was actually called the greatest story ever told which i would be inclined to agree with there's something about because they bring harrison o'toole brought that grandeur that they were known for in their acting performances to the natural setting of of telling a story because those interviews you watch on tv they can seem so forced and unnatural but with harrison o'toole and to a lesser degree with uh, with burton and oliver reed and all the other Hellraisers as they were known maybe because they were drunk probably the whole time when they were recording these interviews too but they come across like they're just telling you a story in a pub and profoundly I'd always have been profoundly influenced by those stories and by their way as a storyteller and I just think that regardless I put those stories on par with with any of their acting performances which is probably wrong is probably bad you know that's that's maybe what they did or didn't intend i'd probably be called a a philistine for thinking that but i really think they bring everything that people loved about them as performers to those stories they bring this charm and wit they have incredible punchlines from being told over and over and no doubt growing more and more with each telling and each interpretation and just if you want an entertaining few minutes or half an hour, there are loads of different ones of different lengths and you can just dive in and, and just be in their presence. I highly recommend checking out Richard Harris and Peter O'Toole's Drinking Stories. I'll say that again, I don't think there's anything you can learn about storytelling that you can't learn from their performances. So it was really nice to get an O'Toole in this because, as I said at the start of the episode, this is a story I had encountered before when doing a draft of a bigger story for a live show fireside we did last year i more just thought it was an element but then when i was having another look through wb yates's fairy and folk tales trying to go back to the original sources to see was there any more to be mined this you know you'd you'd notice the name king o'toole's goose on a on another time around and so I wanted to, there, was, there wasn't a huge amount more to expand on, except on expanding on King O'Toole a little bit more. But I think more and more that I would love to do a bigger picture on Kevin of Glendalough, because I love this this image of him, this this pagan folklore image, and I think there could be a huge amount of mythology mixed in with him if you were able to separate him entirely Maybe not entirely, but if you were able to divorce him in some way and appreciate him as a, a literary character, uh, 
or as a person who did exist he definitely did exist but that you wouldn't have to subscribe necessarily to him being a saint because there's a few elements that i have changed to this story first and foremost in the story i found in the Yates book king O'Toole's goose dies at the end he is murdered by an eel while he is fishing on the lake but the eel then decides he won't eat the goose because he wouldn't eat anything that had been touched by saint kevin which was a problematic plot point for me for a couple of reasons no one when did he realize the goose had been touched by saint kevin was it after he killed them you know or killed her i think the goose was a female in this case and i just didn't want it to have it it was such a sweet good-natured story i didn't want it to have an unnecessarily macabre ending and much rather the image of saint kevin getting his land and king o'toole and his goose getting to live happily ever after is that so much to ask for a man and his goose to have to live happily ever after i don't think so but nonetheless, you deserve, in the post-show chat, I'll always tell, tell the full story, the other elements of the story that I may or may not have included. Another element in the story, as it was before I changed, adapted it myself, was that Saint King O'Toole instantly recognised St. Kevin as St. Kevin, which I also didn't really think worked or was necessary because he's portrayed as as a young man like he's just arrived in the area like he's been living in his cave but if if the area hasn't been built up you know if he hasn't started his monastery i don't get the feeling that he would know he would be known i certainly don't get the feeling that he would be saint kevin yet and i thought it worked just as well if not better as him being this stranger who didn't know the king but did know his goose i quite liked that in practice so those were the two major elements that I changed and mainly after that it was just building up on the dialogue between them but this is another story I feel these about these stories about St. Kevin possibly because they take a bit more uh, wrangling but I feel closer to them because of the Wicklow connection the, the Kevin connection and so they start to feel more and more like they're in my voice I like throwing in these these other elements about Finnegan's Wake and about Peter O'Toole and breaking from the form a little bit to discuss to discuss as i spoke a great deal about stephen fry on the 100th episode i feel that's his influence coming through most of all because he has no problem doing that in his adaptations of greek myths of breaking the form and speaking as himself you know i think that's really where storytelling comes in is the freedom to break from the story and to contextualize and to put in the other elements of this podcast the craft culture and the history of storytelling as well as the story itself and this felt like a story that did that and i hope you all enjoyed it too so i'm going to wrap things up there we're just about at time thank you so much to each and every one of you for listening thank you for uh, to alan paddy over at headstuff we're in the last week of the lockdown now I'll have to wait and see. We may or may not be back in the Headstuff Podcast Network studios before Christmas. I'm back into the swing of recording from home, recording and editing from home. I'm, I'm happy with the setup here. So if all of you are still happy with the quality, which a few of you have said that you are, uh, none of you have said that you aren't, please do let me know. I I do, I re-listened in detail to every episode, especially editing it now. 
so nothing goes up but you know i am human and i can miss things as well so do let me know if you have any thoughts on the editing process or on any process indeed from the podcast please do follow me on over on instagram at fireside bard email me at the fireside bard at gmail.com please do support the patreon if you're in a position to over at patreon.com forward slash fireside podcast I will see you all. You'll hear me all next time. Next week, we will be going back into myth. We have had Khan of the Hundred Battles. Now we will be talking about the voyage of Kunla, his son. I'll see you all. You'll hear me. And remember the next time. Remember, wherever you go and wherever you are, you can always join me by the fireside. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.